All right, playmakers, big news. The 2023 version of my What's Working in the Indoor Play Industry Guide is here. To learn about exactly what is working best right now for real-life currently operating indoor playground owners, head to the show notes to download my fully updated free guide. That's right. Even if you've downloaded one of my What's Working guides in the past, you will not want to miss this new version made specifically with what's trending and fresh for 2023 in mind. Head to the show notes for the direct link or go to michellecarawana.com slash what's working to get the guide in your inbox right now. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, Playmakers, I hope you're having an amazing week. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year because, yes, I do definitely try to use this time to recharge and reflect on the previous year and celebrate wins and milestones and just spend quality time with my family. But I also love this week between Christmas and New Year's for daydreaming and really casting my vision about what I expect and what I want to see for my business and my life for the coming year. And if you've been following my YouTube channel for a while, you'll likely know that every single year around this time, I put out a video talking about the indoor play or play cafe business trends that I expect to see in the coming year. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I already published that video on my channel just literally a few minutes ago as I'm recording this. And originally, I was actually just going to play you that YouTube video on the podcast. And usually, that's something that I love doing because, you know, work smarter, not harder. That's one of my favorite mottos. If I already created a great piece of content, why wouldn't I repurpose it and reuse it? But I decided to do something a little bit different today because that video is pretty long. It's almost 30 minutes long, and I really get into the nitty-gritty and If you've been following both my podcast and my YouTube channel, you've probably noticed that my YouTube channel is much more geared towards prospective owners, people who are just getting their feet wet, learning about the indoor play industry. And my podcast, on the other hand, is much more focused towards current owners, people who are in the thick of it, who are rolling their sleeves up, optimizing their businesses, really maximizing their potential as business owners. And maximizing their take-home income because that is so important. So with that in mind, I'm actually going to do a shortened version of that video on this podcast today. So I'm going to do kind of like a rapid fire version of the trends that I have listed. There is 10 of them, but I'm going to give you the option because who doesn't love options, right? So if you want the full extended version, that's like I said, 30 minutes long, I linked the YouTube video in the show notes of this podcast episode. So again, if you really want all of the details, you can go ahead, click over, watch on YouTube. And while you're there, give me a subscribe, leave a comment on the video. It helps so much. 
But again, if you're pressed on time, if you just want to know what's coming up, what's new and fresh in the indoor playground industry, you can stay right here. And if any of these trends you want to dive a little bit deeper on, if any of these trends pique your curiosity and you want to dive deeper, not only do I have that extended video linked in the show notes of this episode, but I also have some resources about a lot of the trends that I'm going to be speaking about. So if you just want to do a deep dive on one or two of these trends, all of those links are very easily accessible right there at your fingertips in the show notes as well. All right, without further ado, let's get into the rapid fire trends for 2023 in the indoor play industry. Number one, keeping things in-house. So this is a new trend that wasn't in my previous videos. A lot of these trends are the same over the last couple years in this post-pandemic world that we're living in. But I added this one this year because we're facing a recession, right? A lot of people are pinching their pennies, business owners included. And while I absolutely love supporting other small local businesses whenever I can, it's important to keep in mind that we have to put ourselves first sometimes because if our business isn't sustainable and if we're not making the profit that we need to, then we're not going to be able to continue creating that positive impact in our communities that we envision when we started our business and we're not going to be able to keep serving our customers. So right now, again, as we face all of this economic uncertainty, I've seen a lot more indoor playground owners keeping things in-house meaning they're purchasing character costumes instead of renting them from another local business. They're starting to teach themselves and their team balloon art and event decorating skills instead of hiring outside vendors. And again, I love partnering with other vendors and sharing the love and support when I can, but you also have to stay smart and on your toes. And the more things that you can keep in-house, the more profit that you're going to be able to keep inside of your business and the more recession-proof your business is going to become because you're going to be able to create all of these diverse revenue streams. And again, in that more detailed video, I talked about balloons specifically, and we're going to talk about that again in a minute, but that is a huge revenue generator and it can also help expand your customer base. So for example, Tail from Art Factory Play Cafe in Virginia, she does a ton of balloon art, both for her in-house events and she does pickup and delivery for corporations, for graduations, retirement parties, things like that. So by teaching herself and her team the skill of balloon art, she's not only able to keep a lot more of her party revenue because she's not hiring outside vendors, She's, again, also able to really expand her customer base and increase the amount of customers she's able to potentially serve by breaking into events outside of kids' birthday parties. And I just published a YouTube video as well talking about character events and how to decide when to keep those in-house, when to hire outside vendors. And I have that entire conversation with Tiffany, who's really been doing well with character events, also linked in the show notes. So number one, keeping things in-house. Number two, this one should be of no surprise, and that is going to be memberships. So one of the best ways to recession-proof your business is to focus on the two types of revenue that I talk about so often on this podcast, and that's recurring revenue, so memberships, and high-ticket revenue or birthday parties. One of the first types of revenue that is going to see a huge impact 
again, as we face a recession and economic uncertainty, is open play traffic. Those casual customers who haven't integrated your business into their normal routines and into their daily lives, they're going to be the first ones to cut out entertainment, play cafes, indoor playgrounds, things like that. Those types of expenditures as they start pinching their pennies and becoming a little bit more frugal again as we head into the recession. So by focusing on a small group of customers, let's say you have 150 members, by focusing on retaining them, keeping them happy, making sure that they keep their memberships active, that is going to be so much easier for you as a business owner than trying to chase down hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of new customers every single week to make sure you're making enough open play revenue to sustain your business. So you guys know that I love memberships and Lindsay from Spirited Play Labs, she is a Playmaker Society member. She actually was just telling us the other day that she is more sold now than ever on memberships and she has a membership only model. So if you want to learn more about how she gets new members, how she runs her business on a member only basis, I have her story included in my what's working guide in the indoor playground industry for 2023. So again, if you want to learn more about memberships, that free guide is linked in the show notes, but memberships are a huge, huge factor in determining whether a business is going to be able to weather the recession in 2023, or if a business could potentially fail. All right. Trend number three, classes and education. So this is another great example of creating an offer that has a lot more value in your customer's eyes by providing something that's not just play. I mean, we know that play is essential for early childhood development as indoor play business owners, but a lot of times parents see it as a luxury. So by adding an educational component, something that is really unique that isn't offered elsewhere in your area is going to allow you to charge higher prices and again, retain more customers because you are providing a unique experience and a unique value in their lives and in their children's lives. So Alicia from Gentle Hands Playspace in Tallahassee, Florida, she has a ton of unique class offerings like bilingual playgroup and sing-along and play. And I absolutely love what she's doing with her classes and all of the care and research she put into coming up with her programs to again, make sure she's creating a unique offer in her area. So she's also included in the What's Working Guide for 2023. So if you want to learn more about her class offerings and exactly what it's doing for her business and bottom line, go ahead and download that free guide in the show notes. All right, number four, co-working and childcare. I've seen a lot more indoor playgrounds and play cafes lately really lean into the idea that a lot more parents are working from home now. So they either provide a space for parents to kind of plug in, do some work, answer some emails while the children engage in supervised play. Or what I also have seen recently, and you already know this if you listen to my episode about Cafe O Play, the Ohio play space I visited last month with Christine from Sweet Peas Play Cafe. We've seen these silent pods pop up in a lot of indoor playgrounds, and essentially parents can rent them by the hour so they can get some quiet time to take a call or meet that deadline. And again, the kids can engage in can engage in supervised play. So I've seen that trend be very much up and coming the last couple years, but really as we head into 2023, especially. 
All right, number five, a bigger focus on private events and lavish decor. As I mentioned all the way back in number two, uh, when I was talking about memberships, another really key revenue stream that indoor playground owners are focusing on as we head into the recession is higher ticket sales because $1,000 sale can be worth hundreds of smaller, little, teeny, tiny transactions. So it's really important to make sure that you have your business set up to accept these higher ticket sales. And a lot of that comes with keeping things in-house, making sure you have characters if somebody wants to book them, making sure you have, again, experience doing balloons and other types of decor. So I've definitely seen a lot more indoor playgrounds focus on keeping those birthday calendars booked. Christine from Sweet Peas Play Cafe in Kokomo, Indiana, was just talking about how she's been able to increase her party bookings year over year over year. And as we head into 2023, her calendar is more booked than ever. And that's a main priority for her because again, she sees the value in these higher ticket sales because it means less marketing needs to be done, less advertising. Because again, one high ticket sale can be worth dozens or even hundreds of smaller transactions. So you need to sell a lot fewer higher ticket items to be able to get the same revenue as you would from those smaller transactions. And again, I have that podcast episode link where I really go into this idea of high ticket and recurring revenue. It's one of my favorite episodes that I have ever, ever, ever put out. So again, that is linked. That is an essential listen if you are opening your business or if you're already open as we head into 2023. All right, number six, gross motor play. I've seen a lot less removable pieces, smaller pieces, play food in indoor playgrounds. And this has been a trend for the last couple of years, again, as we are moving away from the pandemic, but I've definitely seen a much bigger focus on either bigger gross motor play focused items or really simple imaginative play setups. So I'm not saying that imaginative play is on the way out because it is an absolutely crucial part of development for younger children, but I have seen, again, places really lean into simplicity. Again, less smaller removable parts that can go in kiddos' mouths and get scattered all over the floor, making your space look messy within minutes of opening. So I've definitely seen places, again, be a lot more simple and focus a lot more on those bigger items or items attached to the walls that, again, won't make your space look like a mess, won't go into kids' mouths, will keep all of those germs at bay and really keep your space looking tidy. All right, number seven, one of my other most passionate topics is cafes. I've seen a lot more indoor playgrounds open with cafes because they maybe they've listened to my podcast series on why having a cafe is so, 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 so essential to your indoor playground business, especially as we head into a recession and in 2023. So again, I'm not going to get on my soapbox here, but if you want to learn all of the reasons why your business needs a cafe, things that I guarantee you haven't even thought about, adding a cafe can increase your profit in so many of your revenue streams. So again, I want you to open your mind up to this, even if you don't have any coffee experience, even if you feel like the equipment is too expensive and it's going to increase your startup costs unnecessarily. I really want you, if you're at all on the fence 
I want you to go to the show notes and listen to my podcast series about cafes because as I said, I guarantee you there's a couple aspects that I talk about that you have not thought of yet and that you couldn't possibly know until you've actually been in the trenches as an indoor playground owner. So again, I've seen a lot more businesses open with cafes, rightfully so. All right, number eight, I've seen a lot more focus on physical products and e-commerce. So subscription boxes and sensory kits, balloon deliveries, as I already mentioned, unique toys. For example, Mazanmi Play Cafe in Michigan. She just opened her second location earlier this year. So congratulations, Renee. But I've seen a lot more indoor playgrounds like Renee at Mazanmi Play Cafe really focus on selling unique toys that people can't find on Amazon, that they can't find on at Walmart or somewhere similar. They're really unique. They're a little bit higher priced, but again, you can't find them elsewhere. I just did a podcast episode the other day about really unique ways that Renee is clearing out her inventory and boosting her sales. So again, that is also going to be linked in the show notes, but I've definitely seen indoor playground owners, again, increase their customer base and add an additional revenue stream with retail, physical products, and e-commerce. And it's not just toy retail. Again, you can think outside the box here with subscription boxes, sensory play kits, birthday party kits, birthday favor takeaways. I've seen a lot of people do. So there's a lot of potential there. All right, number nine. This is another trend that's kind of carrying over from last year, and that's mobile businesses. So I've seen a lot of indoor playgrounds and play cafes add mobile uh, mobile revenue streams to their business. So what I mean by that is they're now allowing their characters that they've invested in or their soft play equipment that they've invested in or their balloon offerings. They're becoming more location independent. So even if somebody is hosting a party at their home or at an outside venue, we're still able to offer them some type of service And again, that's going to expand our customer base and it's going to increase the number of parties that we're going to be able to do, especially those of us who either only do private parties or who are a little bit smaller. So we definitely have a cap around how many parties we can physically do in our space. So again, by adding this mobile revenue stream, you can still supply parties with balloons, favors, entertainment, decorating. Um, things like that. So I've definitely seen a lot more businesses add this type of revenue. And again, it's going to make your business a lot more diverse and a lot more sustainable. And I have my mobile event toolkit. It's $37. It's linked in the show notes and it shares exactly how you can launch a mobile event business in just seven days. So again, that's linked in the show notes. All right. And then finally, number 10, this is one that's also carried over. And Honestly, I'm hoping that this trend stays for years and years to come and into perpetuity, and that's catering to all abilities and inclusivity. I've seen a lot of indoor playgrounds really focus on ensuring that their space is accessible and inclusive and really set up to be enjoyed by all. And as somebody who has a child with special needs, that has been really pleasant to see. And it's not just the equipment, it's also their policies. It's also adding sensory friendly hours or adding play groups and things like that that are specifically geared towards children with differing abilities. 
So of course we want to be as inclusive as possible when we can, but when we can't, I love that they have these offerings to kind of let parents choose because as I mentioned, when I did my series about better accommodating autistic children, I talked about how parents really want the choice, right? I don't want to be pigeonholed as a parent of a child with autism. I never want to be told that I can only enjoy a space within this given hour that they do sensory-friendly playtime every single month, right? I want to be able to choose, is this going to be right for me? Or are they? do they have enough accommodations? Have they thought out their play space enough for us to be able to enjoy it just like any other family during open play hours? And I've really been pleasantly surprised at how many indoor playgrounds are really focusing on being more inclusive with all of their offerings. So again, I talk about that in so many different videos. I'm going to link as many as possible in the show notes, but that was my rapid fire trend predictions for 2023. I think I went a little longer than I expected, but again, if you want even more content, I have a completely binge-worthy playlist ready for you in the show notes with deeper dives on every single thing I talked about. And if I missed a trend or if there's anything you would like to add, as always, I love doing follow-up episodes. So please message me on Instagram. Let me know. I would love to give you a shout out in the next episode. All right. Thank you so much for listening, Playmakers, and I will see you right back here on Friday. So your play of the day is to do a deeper dive on all of these trends to make sure your business is ready for 2023.